Hello, this is Pastor Brandon Fender, and I'd like to welcome you to another transforming message from right here at Living Way Church. I believe that your life will be impacted by the words you hear today. For more faith-based content, check us out on all social media outlets. Now let's go live into the message. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, by faith. Somebody say, by faith. Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city whose foundations and architect and builder is God. Now listen to this. God takes him from where he's at, takes him to the promised land, But I love this about Abraham. He said, as great as this is, as great as where I am compared to where you just brought me out of, there is a place I'm going that even makes this promised land look like a wilderness. And if I can encourage every believer in the room and online tonight to keep this in mind, as a follower of Jesus... When you made him savior of your life, no matter how good it gets on planet earth, there's a place that we are all headed. Bishop Kenneth Phillips went there six or eight days ago, and he's walking on streets of gold. He walked through a big gate made of pearl. He's moved into his mansion. And listen, it's not that old drywall. The Bible says jasper are the walls in heaven. There's a place we're headed, praise God, that makes this earth and anything in it look like the lawnmower shed behind your house, praise God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm living as a stranger. Tell him I'm building faith, but this is not my home. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Living as strangers, this is the Abraham series, a series on his life but most importantly on building your faith. If I could encourage every believer in the room or that ever stumbles across this message online, it would be that, nev- that we should never stop growing in faith, that we should always be working on our faith to strengthen it, to make it greater, to make it more fortified. It is a defense. It is an offense. But what I see a lot, and I've seen it in my own life, is we get to a level of great faith and we kind of start looking around and because we don't see other people operating at great faith, we think we have arrived. Let me encourage you, church, never compare yourself to anyone else. Comparison is not only the thief of creativity, comparison is the thief of growth. Because if you compare yourself to lesser people, you will feel like you've arrived and you'll stop doing what God has called you to do. If you compare yourself to people who are doing more, you will feel bad about what you're doing and where you're at and stop. I am not running a race against you. I am not looking at where you're at. I'm looking at where I am, how far God's brought me from, and where God's taking me to. And I've got to make sure that my faith is strong enough to do what God has called me to do, not what he's called you to do. That it's strong enough to take me where he's called me to be, not where he's called you to be. Somebody say, it's my race. So last session we talked about the faith, faith last few sessions, that faith is a process. Church, our faith should be greater today than it was yesterday. 
It definitely should be greater in August than it was in July. It definitely should be greater in 2023 than it was in 2022. The Bible has phrases like from faith to faith, victory to victory. We sang it tonight, glory to glory. That happens through a growing of our faith. Your faith is either growing or it is shrinking. The three, the three phrases that we have, we have dived or dove into these last few sessions is Jesus' response to the disciples, have faith in God. Paul writes that we all have a measure of faith. If we all have faith, that means that we have everything we need to start the process of growing our faith. And then the disciples said, increase our faith. And that should be a part of our prayer every, every time we pray, but every day of our life. At some point, we should say, God, I'm grateful for where I am. But Lord, I pray that you would increase my faith in you and your word so that I can grow and I can become everything God has called you to be. I've been thinking about heaven a lot since our friend Kenneth Phillips went to be with the Lord. And I thought, man, a, a guy who has seen thousands, when you hear Bishop tell stories about Austin, Texas, and the movement in the 70s, they would have outdoor church where thousands of hippies would get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I think of the church that he built over 50 years ago and all that he did with his life for the gospel of Jesus Christ to get to heaven and to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, you did pretty good, but you left a lot undone. I want to hear that faithful servant. And so if you want that to be the epitaph of your life, then you've got to make sure that every day of your life, not just Sundays, not just Wednesdays, not just when you need a miracle, but for every day life, say, God, I need faith to grow. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 is where we left off last week talking about the Lord said to Abraham, go. The very first words that God speaks to Abraham was go. It was not direction, it was instruction. Remember, before God can give you the instructions or the directions to, you must be willing to step out of your from. And we talked about the two froms, the first two froms out of three. From your country or from your comfort zone. Where you are comfortable. When you are comfortable, you are leaning on your own understanding. When we are comfortable, we are leaning on what we know and the power that we hold. But when God wants to do something that only God can do, he calls us out of the comfort zone because that is the place where we begin leaning on and leaning into Jesus saying, God, I don't know where I'm going to go, but as long as I'm in your presence, as long as I talk to you and I hear from you every day, I'll be all right. There's a, a story in the Word of God, and I don't have the text in front of me, but it just came to me that there was a blind man, and the Bible says that Jesus led him out of the city. What if your miracle is outside of your comfort zone? What if the biggest breakthrough of your life is outside of where you are comfortable, and you are putting God in a box when you say, God, I want to be healed, but you've got to do it here, you've got to do it this way, and you've got to do it in the next 48 hours. What if God is setting 
line up your miracle so that when God heals you, it transforms your family? What if God wants to remove you from your comfort zone? Because when he removes you from the comfort zone, all of your faith, all of your trust, and what you need to receive that miracle is in that moment. Somebody say go. Said, I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone, out of your country. And last session, we left off out of your people because your people, my people, are not always his people. When God calls you, God calls you, not them. Remember, God does not promote groups, he promotes people of faith. He promotes people that have faith, which means sometimes out of your, your group of 10, you're the only one that is promoted. Why? Because God is not trying to do something in all of you. He's not taking all of you to the same place. He's taking you to a predestined place in your life, and he knows that if they go, you're never going to make the trip. And so sometimes he calls you out of them, not because you were bad for them or necessarily they're bad people, but they cannot not go where he's taking you. God has called you to be an eagle. It takes faith to be an eagle. Fly like an eagle and quit plucking around the barnyard with the chickens. Quit strutting around the woods with the turkeys because both of them at the end of the day are preyed on. And they, I was thinking about this message last night at Popeye's Chicken. I've never had Popeye's Eagle. I've never had Church's Eagles. I've never had Raisin Cane Eagles. I've only had chicken at those spots. Can I encourage you? If you want to be preyed on, stay a chicken. If you want to fly above all of the things of this earth, be an eagle. If you want to stay where you are, be be a turkey. If you want to go where most people don't get to go, be a person of faith and say, God, if I've got to be an eagle by myself, then I'll be an eagle by myself. But you can bet this, God, if I'm an eagle, I am going to fly, soar, and become what you've called me to be. You will never see a flock of eagles. I'm 41 and I've never seen one. They're rare. People of faith are rare. I'm not saying people that say they have faith are rare. I'm saying people that have faith are rare. People that have literally can point to things in their life that their faith has turned around. That I had cancer and I don't have cancer anymore. That my life was messed up and it's not messed up anymore. That my marriage was on the verge of divorce but it's not anymore. Why? Because I had faith in God. I stood on his promise. I focused my faith and my faith changed my situation. People of great faith are rare. You say, no, I know a lot of them. No, you know a lot of people that say they have faith. You, 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 you know a lot of people that can quote a couple scriptures. You know a couple people that can, can, can sing every lyric to three hill songs and elevation songs. That's not faith. Those are just lyrics, unless those lyrics, amen, are coming from a heart that is directed towards God. Worship can, can be, you can say it's worship, but it can just be singing to you. It can just be, you, you might call it prayer, but it might just be you whining and complaining. When you find a person of faith, you need to honor the faith that they have because it was not easy to get that kind of faith. They had to go through some hell. They had to go through some stuff. They had to go through some some furnaces. They had to go through some lion's den to get where they are at. When I see a real person of faith, I honor not them, but I honor what they had to go through to get that kind of faith. And it doesn't come easy. 
That's why eagles are very rarely ever seen. In my life, I know a lot of people that have faiths for moments, but not faith for movements. Let me say that again. Faith for moments, but not faith for movements. You have faith because of cancer. You have faith because you're $186 short on your rent. You have faith because she says she's going to leave you. You have faith because they, they, they came against you. You have faith because your stepdad did this and said this. You have faith for moments, but I don't need a faith for a moment. I need faith for a movement. Why? Because God told me to go, and if God told us to go, that takes movement, and the worst thing you can do is have faith on a Wednesday, step out of your comfort zone on a Thursday, and then you don't have enough faith to make sure you can fight the battle on Thursday that you stepped into on Wednesday night. That's a word for somebody. See, that's, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't get in, in, and I sent this to, to a friend of mine, and I'm going to post it this week. Uh, if you've seen any, any of our clips from, from Ignite Summer Camp, all the clips from Ignite Summer Camp that we've put on social media is, is 250 kids jumping up and down, screaming, and dancing, and pumping their fists, and all of that. What you haven't seen is the 250 on their face before God, laid out, speaking in tongues. Those videos are coming. And, and I, I, I sent a, a, a message to one of my friends. He said, man, camp look good. I said, you don't even know. I said, you're looking at what we want you to see right now, but let me show you what really happened. And this is what I said. People, all they see is the hype, but they don't understand there's a holy that goes with that hype, that we're not just sweating for Jesus. We're talking about a God who has rescued us. We're talking about we're not putting our faith blindly in a God who hasn't done anything. He has broken off addictions. He has canceled suicide assignments. He has rescued us from despair. He has rescued us from false religion. He has rescued us from a feeling and not and given us faith. I'm here to tell you it's not just hype, it's holy. But, but I said that to say this. Here at, at a church like Living Way, you can get caught up in emotionalism. Because you got Jaden doing her job. She's rallying the troops. And God's going to do this. And God said this. And God's going to do this in your family. And, and declare this. And we can get all up in our emotions and declare these things. But the problem is, is you, if you have faith for a moment but not a movement, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because you are waging war on the enemy on a Wednesday night at 7.55. And then tomorrow when you show up at work, and the enemy that you called out is now there. And they got sharpened swords. And their spears are ready to rock. And they got tanks. And they got all of these things. And you're like, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, and you message Pastor, Pastor Beckin. I need, I need a word of prayer. And you, you message Bishop. I could use a word of encouragement. And Sister Tammy, I need you to send me a scripture. Now, hold on a second. Tammy, Bishop, and Pastor Becky, they weren't there to help you call out the enemy. You did all that all by yourself. That's why you can't live on Bishop's faith. You better operate at the faith you're at and you say well I want bishop's faith well good news you can get bishop's faith all you've got to do is say God increase my faith and then do what it takes to have your faith increased check this out I, I live in a house of giant killers my father has defeated cancer at least twice 
My mother has defeated cancer now three times. My brother has defeated cancer. Jaden didn't talk till she was four years old. My wife was born crippled where they said she would never walk. Tyler was born with very, very bad vision. And, and every one of them, they were healed. And I'm talking about a bona fide miracle in their life. And so when I look at what God has done in the Fender family, I know that when I call the enemy out, I'm not calling him out because I haven't seen nothing. I'm not calling him out because I got excited on a Wednesday night when they sang this song and the preacher preached me emotional. I am here to tell you, I am coming from a place where I don't have faith for a moment. I have faith for a movement. I've seen God do it, and I've seen what faith looks like Monday to Friday. Can I be transparent with you? Bishop and, and Pastor Becky, they're, they're very private people, and they usually tell you the, the end of the story, the testimony, long after they've already been healed. And just recently, I told Pastor Becky, I said, hey, you need to tell the church what's going on so they can pray. And she said, okay, I, I will. And that's not usually how they do it. They usually come to you with the testimony after it's already been done, and that way we can shout about it. But this time, she came to you and she said, this is what's going on. This is what the doctors have seen. This is what treatment they want me to do. And here we are standing all this time left after thousands of people were able to join in prayer, and we kicked the devil in the teeth. One of the reasons I wanted her to do that was so that we could help her pray against the enemy. But here's the real reason I wanted her to do that. I wanted your faith involved in this miracle. Why? Because you don't need to hear about my faith all the time, and you don't need to hear about their faith all the time. You need to be able to say, hey, I prayed that cancer out. I prayed that miracle in. I prayed Jesus into that situation. 